Hey guys, before we start the podcast, Brooke and I wanted to take just one minute to tell you about a brand new resource from Million Praying Moms. It's called Everyday Prayers for All Ages and Stages, and it's available now on Amazon or at millionprayingmoms.com in our show notes. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to be a praying mom. So we've created prayers for each stage of your child's life that are designed to intersect the everyday moments you experience as a family. From a prayer for bath time to a prayer for before the big game or to a prayer for your adult child to love and follow Jesus, we've got you covered. Everyday Prayers for All Ages and Stages is available now, and it's going to be a treasured resource for your family in the days and years to come. Learn more at our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. You're listening to the Million Praying Moms podcast, where we believe every mom is uniquely designed by God, but also a part of something much bigger than she could ever be alone. We're authors and moms, Erin Mooring and Brooke McLaughlin, and we're here to help you make prayer your first and best response to the challenges of parenting. Tune in each week to real life conversations with the experts about real issues Christian parents face today. If you're ready to learn practical ways to focus on Christ as you seek wisdom and hope for the difficult job of raising children in today's world, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey there, friends. Welcome to the podcast. In this season, we're taking a look back at one of our very favorite series on the Million Praying Moms podcast, a series that unfortunately released right as the world descended into the coronavirus pandemic at the beginning of 2020. Everything changed for our ministry during that time. And like many of you, we found ourselves reeling from the latest crisis in our world and just trying hard to help our families navigate everything that was happening. And because of that, we know some of you missed the important messages from the Everyday Prayer series on the podcast. So we're taking the next six weeks to re-release them with updated information and new resources to get these prayers into your homes. In this series, we talk about what makes each stage of your child's life unique, challenging, and amazing, and offer prayers designed to intersect the everyday moments you experience as a family. Our goal is to make I don't know what to pray, or I don't know how to pray, or even I don't know when to pray, challenges of your past. We're going to be working our way through each individual stage over the course of the next six weeks. So if today's age group doesn't suit you, hold tight. We'll get there. So Brooke, we are officially halfway through our current series called Everyday Prayers, and we have been through every developmental stage up to this point you know, the baby stuff, all of that. And we can't wait to introduce our special guest to get onto the topic today. If you didn't catch those previous episodes and you have an infant, toddler, preschooler, grade schooler, middle schooler, or all of the above in your home, which is totally possible, you can always visit millionprayingmoms.com to find it. But this week, we'll be diving into the challenges that come with parenting Dun, 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 high schoolers. So we're talking about those challenges with parenting high schoolers and offering you specific prayers 
to intersect the everyday moments of your life. Yes. So the way these are designed is that we've tried to think hard about the common challenges and areas of, of possible monotony or feelings of overwhelm that moms have throughout their days and create prayers for those specific moments. Our goal was to bring the holy into the mundane. But as we've, as we've mentioned before, there really is some overlap. So if you're a mom listening today and you were attracted to this podcast because you have a high schooler, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the episodes where we talk about praying for, you know, your elementary school age child or your infant and toddler, because there are some parts of being a mom, like making dinner or, you know, before bedtime or those kind of things that really go all through the lifespan. And even if your child is not in your home anymore, you can still pray over them while you're cooking dinner. You can still pray over them before you go to bed, even if you're not physically laying hands and snuggling up in bed with your child um, to, to say goodnight to them. So we would encourage you to go look at those because they really are uh, perfect for everywhere, everybody. Um, so this week, Erin, this is, this is a different week for us because up until this point, you and I have just been able to talk about these everyday prayers and the challenges associated with the different ages and stages by ourselves because we have had children in those ages and stages. But right. for this one, we really, and, and the next two that we'll have, actually this one and the next two, uh, we really felt like we needed to invite in a guest who has been in a place of parenting that we have not been yet. Now I do have a high schooler, but he's not an upper high schooler. He's just a freshman. So we really wanted to have someone who has been through that area or stage of parenting to come in and, uh, and talk to us a little bit. And today I'm excited that we're going to get to talk through some of those challenges of parenting high schoolers with our special guest. Yes. Our guest today has been a wonderful friend of this ministry for many years. It's like, we're getting to the point where I might be double digits because it's been a long time. She lives in Hawaii with her doctor husband, four boys, and lives a homeschooling surfer dude kind of life, right? <laughs> Monica Swanson joined us back in episode 13 to talk about what your son really needs from you. And it was a wildly popular episode, and I'm not surprised by that at all. She's the author of the newly released Boy Mom book. And we are thrilled to get her perspectives on the high school years. Monica, welcome to the show again. It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, yes. Tell us, uh, for those that might not have heard from you before, um, tell us about you and your family. Yes. Well, I'm here on the North Shore of Oahu, kind of in the center of surfing paradise. <laughs> and we live up in the country. And for those reasons and others, we have homeschooled our boys Two of them are high school graduates. One is in Woo! college. One is hoping to be at college next year. And we are, um, he's in a gap year, which that's another topic I'm a big fan of. Um, I've also got a newly turned 16-year-old who is our competitive surfer. And then I've still got a nine-year-old son as well. So we are, I like to say, I have a vision for how good it can be, but I'm also still in the thick of it, doing the hard work of parenting every day. Um, I'm originally from the Pacific Northwest, so I know what it's like to live where there's seasons. And um, but here in Hawaii, it's a it's a simple life, and we're having a great time bringing up our boys. Yeah, I always love um, whether you are at home in Hawaii or you're visiting family in the Pacific Northwest. I'm always like, oh, I want to go there. 
that's so pretty. <laughs> so pretty. I love following your travels and your Aww. surfing life. And my boys love following those travels as well because they're like, wow, that's cool. We don't have that in Nebraska. <laughs> surfing does bring us to some amazing places. We're pretty blessed. My son leaves for Tahiti this Saturday and I'm not going with him this time, but it is an interesting life. <laughs> yes. Wow. That sounds amazing. Okay. So we're going to jump right into these challenges because high school is right around the corner for me too. And I'm really interested to get your perspectives on this. Mm -hmm. Let's start off with the challenge of raising a high schooler and their identity. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about what it's like to deal with that with a teenager. Yeah. Well, I always say that whether they admit it or not, whether they're even really able to articulate it, or even they may not even be aware of it, every kid in their teenage years is going to deal with their identity. It's just, I know I did. Every adult I know can look back and admit that they did. But I think that we can do everything in our power to give our kids a strong sense of their self-worth. We can tell them who they are in Christ, and yet they're going to hit, I don't know, I say 14, 15 years old, it's going to get get to be one of those things that they've got to wrestle with. It's just almost a rite of passage. And so we need to be prepared for that. And I think the earlier we do, the better. And, and that's why hopefully, you know, some of the younger moms listening even who don't have high schoolers, will be inspired to begin young to talk about and teach our kids about who they are in Christ, what the unchanging nature of their identity in Christ, because this world's going to throw a whole lot at them and they're going to feel this pressure to fit in, to figure out who they are and, and you know, who they identify with. And ultimately, the only unchanging place we can look is the word of God to find out who we are, who he says we are, and everything else is going to change and be shifting sand. So it's a big topic in our household for sure. Yeah. yeah so, I was, oh, go ahead, Erin. I was just going to say that I'm remembering this from when I was a high schooler. Mm -hmm. I remember middle school being rough and, you know, just caring a lot about what other people thought and trying to figure out what I liked. But when I hit high school, I really wrestled this, with this because I was super outgoing. Some people, you know, were like, you should be a cheerleader, you know, like, and I was like, well, if I wasn't busy with so many other things and if I could kick like that, maybe I would try and be it. Cause that sounds fun, but I wasn't, but I was super outgoing, very bubbly, very positive, but I was also really, really smart. And some people could not reconcile those things and would label me as a ditz or an airhead or things like that. And I really wrestled with, is it not okay to be bubbly and outgoing and smart? Mm -hmm. And I still remember some things people said to me at that age that have stuck with me that still affect my thought process of who I am and mm -hmm. whether I'm coming off too strong, whether I'm, you know, like, do they think I'm dumb because of this? But like, mm -hmm. I was a national merit scholar. Like I have that behind, but I'm not going around as an adult saying that, you know? Yeah. And, but I remember wrestling with, is it okay to be both of these? And why do people think that's wrong and whatever? Mm -hmm. And I wish at the time I would have known to look to Christ for mm -hmm. my identity instead mm -hmm. of what are they calling me? Yes. Yes, absolutely makes a world of difference. And, and I have a chapter on this in my book, Boy Mom, but I say that, 
you know, kids may not admit it at the time, but the more you talk about it, the more you just keep bringing them back to the truth from God's word and pray that their heart would just be open to knowing who they are in Christ. Eventually, after wrestling with what the world's saying or this group or that group or where do I fit in, they're going to come back and rest in that foundation that they've been taught and that they know in their deepest place is true. Sometimes it takes a while to get there, but I really believe it's worth the efforts. Yeah, that's really great. I have a 14 year old in my home right now. And I would say most definitely I'm seeing that happen. And it's good, you know, for those moms that, that are beginning to look at that 13, 14, 15 year old boy and think, uh, or girl and think what is happening here. Um, it's good for me. It was good for me to know ahead of time that this was normal, that this is going to happen and not to think that, I'm doing something wrong in my parenting or whatever, but our job really is just to bring them back to the truth over and over and over again, especially when it comes to the people who are influencing them in their lives, because sometimes we have control over that and sometimes we don't. So let's talk a little bit about that as a challenge as well. The people that are are influencing our kids um, and who are, who will end up being their good friends. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a huge one. And another chapter in my book, because I'm such a believer from from the time they're tiny, through their teenage years, the influence is so huge. And, and again, this is one of those things I even remember having a little argument with my son about because he would say things like, you know, he wanted to hang out with a certain group of friends. And he's like, well, mom, I can be a good influence on them. And I'm like, maybe, Maybe, but but maybe it will work the other way as well, especially if it's a group of kids, you're a lot more likely to be influenced by them than you one single person influencing all of them. And so, um, you know, it's in scriptures, we become like the company we keep, bad company corrupts good morals. I mean, there is no arguing the truth that we become like the company we keep. And as adults, I think we experience that as well. So... I think that a key thing with our teenagers, our high schoolers, is to talk to them and tell them that and not back off, not back down in our stance that it is super important. The people and other things, um, you know, this is such a big topic. It goes into media and technology and everything else. But as far as their friendships, to choose wisely. And this is just a conversation, again, in our home that is just ongoing. And also a lot of prayer goes into praying that they will choose the right friends, that they will see the value in choosing godly friends. And as they go into high school, we're having less and less influence mm-hmm. into who they're spending time with. Like, I'm just looking, you know, um, even this year in our eighth grade year, I'm having to let go a little bit more of like mm-hmm. going to hang out with these friends and I'm not there. And so you have to make these choices and, and know and letting them have that freedom. But like, the influences, you can already see it. And I know that in high school, there's going to be even more time where he's away from us in that activity or in this hangout or whatever. And, you know, sometimes that can scare me, but I also know that my job is to trust God and to pray for him and to, when he is home, have those discussions about how important it is to make sure that it isn't going the opposite way. You know, the same thing where I'm glad you're hanging out with them because I do think you're a good influence. But when I see it going the other way, mm-hmm. something has to change. And definitely. that's hard for them to see in the moment. It, it, it definitely is. And, and 
just like you said, I think at school, at sports and certain activities, we really can't control things. But one thing I encourage parents to do, just because I've, I've walked with enough families through this season, is if you see somebody, if you see a group of friends that aren't a good influence and you know that, we still have a certain amount of say. So, for example, your child may be in a sporting event or go to school with someone and they really enjoy them and that's okay. There's something good in everybody. But to say they can go home and spend the weekend with that friend, Mm -hmm. we don't have to say yes to that. We, We have every right to say, as long as you're in my home, I'm the parent and I'm going to say what's best for you, even if you don't like it. So I encourage parents to really stand their ground when they have that, that mom gut feeling, go with it. (laughs) Yes. All right. So you already touched on this briefly, but um, let's dive into it a little more. The challenge of technology. I mean, like, where do we even start? (laughs) How many hours do we have today? (laughs) (laughs) Let's just get kind of an overview of the challenges involved with technology. Sure. Well, I I really do believe that so so much of technology as well as everything else is going to come down to a heart issue. Mm -hmm. I was talking with my oldest son, who's now 20, going on 21 soon, um, about one of my younger boys and trying to make a decision about a device and all that. And he was like, mom, you know, it's a heart issue. Like you can set all the rules you want, but it's going to come back to their heart. And so, yeah, we, I'm a big believer in filters. I'm a big believer in having boundaries and rules. And we just recently got our 16 year old, his first smartphone. (laughs) So we were holding off as long as we could, but in the end, Really, I think the more important thing to focus on is their heart, is their character, Mm -hmm. is teaching them the principles that if they love God and love people, if they want to protect their heart and stay pure, it's going to help guide them. It's going to help guide them in their use of time, their entertainment and everything else. And so I just encourage parents to go back to the heart over and over and then sure, set some good, strong boundaries with technology you got to be aware of what they're looking at. If they've got an app, you should definitely know what it does and how it works anything they're doing online. If you give them permission, I say you've got to know what's going on there. You can't yeah. just be blind. Have the words, God, I need you to do something in my children ever found their way into your desperate prayers? Do you feel helpless to know how to equip your children for this world and everything it's going to throw at them? Have you ever prayed, God, I can't be the mom they need. I need you to help me. If so, you're not alone. The good news is that there is a way to stay connected with the one who has all the answers so you can be the mom you need to be. When my children were little, I was faced with the undeniable fact that my best efforts fell woefully short of my goal to produce godly children. I knew if God didn't show up, nothing would change in my home. So I began to pray scripture for my children and both my life and my children's lives were transformed. Yours can be too. Over the years, I've learned that while prayer is the most important part of Christian parenting, many moms feel stifled in their prayers and so continue to feel helpless and hopeless. Do you feel like you don't know what or how to pray? Like you don't know if your prayers really matter? Like you can't pray until you get your life together? Or maybe you just feel like you're too busy to pray? Praying Mom will have you making prayer your first and best response to every aspect of family life and thriving as a mom full of hope in the God who can, even if you can't. Praying Mom will have you making prayer your first and best response to every aspect of family life and thriving as a mom full of hope in the God who can, even if you can't. 
You can order it now anywhere books are sold. And when you do, you'll get access to some pretty amazing bonuses like audio prayers. That's me praying every single prayer in the book over your family. And you'll get a bonus chapter called How to Pray God's Word. Go ahead and order your copy of Praying Mom today. Just visit brookmclaughlin.net forward slash praying dash mom to get started. And I think it's important to say that as parents, we have the right to say no to specific Mm -hmm. things as it relates to technology. Mm -hmm. I know uh, I've read, you know, I've talked to parents, I've read uh, parents talking about this issue, Mm -hmm. and so many of them feel helpless to stop it, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be that way. You can, you can say no. And if you don't want, like my, my child that does have a smartphone, we have not allowed him to have lots of different apps. And he's asked for them all because there's so many of his friends that have all of them. And we've said yes to the ones that we think are okay or that we are monitoring or have access to ourselves. And we've said no to the ones that we don't think he's ready for or may not ever really need on his phone. So, you know, we, we have the right as parents. I just want to pause for a minute and remind us, remind myself, remind our listeners, you have the right to say no to certain things. Even if you've given them the phone, you do have the right to say, and this is how you can use it. Um, It may be hard, but you can do it. Yeah. I was just going to say in this area of influence, both with friendships and with technology, I would like to give the encouraging word that now that I do have a 20 and 18 year old, they have actually looked back on those years. And I'm talking when they were 14, 15, 16, the things they wanted to do, the friends they wanted to hang out with, the apps they wanted to spend time on. And I said no to, and they have actually thanked me and said, they are, they see now what they didn't see then. So mamas hang in there. If you're in that season right now, keep loving them, keep blessing them. You know, we don't want to be the strict parent that it doesn't even feel like you have a friendship with your kids. You want to keep that awesome relationship there, but you got to say no to the things you know are the right things to say no to. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's move on to the fourth challenge that we want to talk about today, which is helping them to value their education. I think sometimes our teenagers, there's a disconnect or a break um, where they don't necessarily clearly understand that hard work now is of value to them later. So let's talk a little bit about how we can motivate them to stay focused on their education. Yeah, this is one thing I hear from parents the most on. And, oh, it can be so frustrating for us as parents when we see so much potential in our kids, when we know they're smart, when we know they're gifted and they're just not motivated. And sadly, I think it can kind of be a generational thing too. And and the influences in their life, if their friends are slackers. And so going back again to conversations, we got to talk to them. Um, I think one thing that's helped my boys a lot is to just have role models that set a great example. So finding and pointing to people who are doing great things. And it all started back when they made some hard choices in high school, in junior high school. So I think that um, sometimes we need to motivate our kids when they're not self-motivated and that might be by limiting their options. You know, you can do homework or you can read a book. (laughs) You can, it's not, you can play a video game. It's, it's, you can do homework or you can do housework. You can, so it's, it's limiting the options. It's requiring them to finish something before they do the next thing. 
Sometimes it looks like being really, really tough, but uh, they, they need our help getting motivated. And I think that's going to come in a variety of ways. Yeah. I feel like we're going through a season of like needing to figure out how to motivate, you know, motivate them in a different way. We're, we're in the middle school stage here right now though, but things are getting busier mm-hmm. and the way they choose what to do with their time mm-hmm. is getting harder to manage. And it's like actually putting in the time you need on your homework or even your chores, like and things that like responsibilities. Yes. How do we fit them all in? And it can get tiring and it's a kind of a juggling act. And um, I think that's important to talk about how to motivate them and how to keep them, you know, focused and disciplined and the follow through. And so it's totally different for each kid though, yeah, you know, and, exactly. and I think um, for, for some kids knowing what the end game is mm-hmm. could be, you know, a help if it's just, you are getting to graduation and then you can choose, you know, do whatever you want. You don't have to go to school again. If you know, like, cause some, right. there's lots of different paths they could take for some kids. You know, I have, um, a sixth grader who has known since he was four years old that he wants to be a veterinarian. Aww. When we hit a bump in the road, if, if, you know, in high school and studying something that's hard or whatever, I'm hoping that pointing him back to that can exactly. be, uh, you know, a reminder that this is what you want to do with your life and you have to do this to get to there. Um, but that doesn't work for every kid. So it's, it's really knowing them well. Yeah, and, and I talk a lot in my book about um, just knowing your kid's currency, and this relates to discipline when they're young. You know, not every kid has the same currency. Some kids, it'll sting a little more if their consequence is taking away a favorite toy or being isolated for a time. You know, there's different currencies. Well, same thing for those high school years, I think, like you're saying, some kids' currency might be that motivational factor of you want to be a vet. Do you know what kind of grades it takes? And you need to help them connect the dots. Mm-hmm. You need these grades to get into the right school to become a veterinarian. Other kids, it might just be if you want to play in your football game Friday night, you got to do your <laughs> homework tonight. Definitely. So, yeah. If, if you want to, you know, go on this trip with a youth group, or if you want to do A, B, and C, so it's going to be, or you might have to offer them some dirty chores. Some kids will be very motivated to finish their assignment if it means they don't have to mow the lawn that weekend, or, you know, so finding their currency and motivating them is going to be very individual. Yeah. Okay. So on that note, when we're talking about individuals, let's talk about faith and helping our teens make their faith their own. You know, like we want them to value that but it has to be theirs and this is really a big time of life to make that happen it it definitely is because when they're young I think we feel good just teaching them all the basics and bringing them to church and Sunday school but by the time they're teenagers when they're in high school it's really about them owning it and them having their own relationship with God um I I believe that when it comes to spiritual things, the greatest thing we can do is just model to them what an authentic faith looks like. When they see a faith that's working for mom and dad, they're going to be so much more motivated. We can tell them everything we want to, but if it looks to them like our faith is stale or miserable, uh, if if they don't like what they see, they're not going to be well motivated. So I always start with, how's your own walk, mom? How's your own walk, dad? Um, 
beyond that, influences are huge. So let's, let's direct our kids to healthy people who are doing great things to a good church and a good youth group. Let's bring the, the right books into our kids' lives. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of Tim Tebow and people like that who just set such a shining example of, of godly men who are doing great things with their time and their life. So I think it's a combination, modeling, influences, role models, and daily discipline. I don't think there's anything wrong with requiring your kid. Every day, my boys read a chapter of Proverbs. That's just part of their daily routine. Whatever day of the month it is, that's your chapter, as well as they're doing other devotions and, and things with their small groups from their youth group. But um, certainly nothing wrong with saying part of a healthy life is reading the word of God every day. So let's sit down together if we have to, or you read and then come tell me what you learn. But I think all those things together, and it, it's not something we can check off a box and say, okay, today he did this like a chore. It's really part of our lifestyle. And I think Deuteronomy chapter six, just is such a great example of that, bringing the word of God into your day as you stand up, as you walk along the road, as you lie down. And, mm-hmm. and so it's got to be authentic for mom and dad if we expect our kids to follow. I I like something you said earlier when we were talking about technology and you said, asking them, do you want to protect your heart? Do you Mm -hmm. want to do that? And I feel like when we're talking about faith and teenagers, questions are a really valuable tool in approaching that and just saying like, you know, do you believe that Jesus can change your life? Do you believe, Mm -hmm. you know, like things like that, just to get a sense of their heart and know where they are and maybe even get them thinking about it when it has not been the first thing on their mind. And it doesn't even have to be, um, you know, before you even start deciding, are they going to, is having a daily quiet time going to be of value to them or what should they be reading or whatever? Have those conversations first to even get an idea because sometimes teenagers can be, well, okay, a lot of times teenagers can be a closed book yes. and, and you need to draw it out of them to figure out where they even are. Like, you know, sometimes I'm like, do they even like, did they even listen to the message? Did it process? Uh-huh. And, um, yeah. you know, like, do they like worship music? Does it help, you know, what helps them connect to God? So That's like so asking there. questions has to be a really big part of approaching this challenge with your teenagers because otherwise you have no idea where they are. I love that. I think it's so good, especially if you make that a regular thing and they know you're going to ask questions and they know that they have a voice and that you're going to listen and not jump into criticism or judging yeah. them, but you're mm-hmm. going to listen with, a, with your heart. I think that's going to be super key. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So these are all like great topics that I feel like we could do a podcast on each of them, but we want to focus on prayer today and parenting high schoolers comes with its own set of these difficulties and challenges. And because of that, we wanted to create these everyday prayers for you moms that intersect those weary moments that are often very mentally and emotionally weary and (laughs) rather than physically weary. Like we've been talking with younger kids a lot. Yeah, absolutely. There's, a, a, a physical weariness with the younger ones, and then sometimes a emotional and intellectual weariness with the the older kids. So we specifically wanted to offer you the opportunity to turn everyday moments, the ones that can feel tedious and overwhelming, and oh my goodness, what do I do here? And how do I handle this new influence or or this new thing that's happening in my high schooler's life? How do we turn that everyday moment into a holy moment so that you begin to see God at work in the everyday moments of your day? Yes, we like to think of it as like a put off and put on kind of exercise where 
you're taking these moments that are exhausting or monotonous and you choose to see it as God sees it instead of how weariness might tempt you to see it. Yeah. So we've created a list of 10 of these everyday prayers for high schoolers, and we're going to share a sample of them with you now. So the way this will work is we'll read the topic, we'll read the prayer that we've written and the references. And then, um, you know, we may have something we want to say about it. Monica, you're welcome to jump in too, if you have something to say about these Um, because you're living that in a different way than Aaron and I are. So the first one that we really felt like, you know, and as we were pulling these together, we were really trying to look at what is going on in a high schooler's heart. We've talked about the heart a lot today. So these are some of the things that we felt like were issues of the heart that relate to high schoolers. So for purity, we said, Father, may she have love that issues from a pure heart, and a good conscience, and a sincere faith, putting her hope in you alone. May she think about things that are true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise. Help her to keep her way pure by guarding it according to your word. And the references for that prayer are 1 Timothy 1.5, 1 John 3.3, Philippians 4.8, and Psalm 119.9. And I think the reason we wanted to focus on purity is because this we're not just talking about keeping yourself sexually pure. That is a piece of purity that we need to be talking to our high schoolers about and, and certainly is, a, is something you know important, but really purity is much bigger than what you choose to do with your body. It is a heart issue, and, and that's why I think it's important for us to be praying for that for them. Yeah, um, that I remember when my oldest started at middle school, And I went on a run um, past his school one of the first days that he was there. And that was the first thing God put on my heart to pray for him as I ran past for him, for the whole school, really. And just starting in those middle school years, I mean, it feels like it's younger and younger all the time. But um, as they go off, just praying, not just for, like you said, the sexual purity, but just that their hearts would be kept pure and that if they weren't that God would renew them and, and bring purity back to them because he is a God who can do that. So if you're listening to this and you're like, my high schooler has already like dirtied it all up, (laughs) you know, and all of our hearts are, are like that, but you're thinking, I can't even pray for that because they're so beyond. Yes, you can, because God makes all things new. And that includes Um, whatever purity issues your high schooler is going through. So don't feel like it is too late or too far past to pray a a prayer of purity, that's like a tongue twister, over your high schooler. All right, so we are moving on then to a prayer for wisdom. Man, this word has come up a lot lately in my life, and I am really thankful that God offers us this kind of wisdom. So let's pray. Um, this prayer for our high schoolers for wisdom. Father, may my child desire integrity in his inner self. Teach him wisdom deep within. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. May he follow instructions and have good insight. Direct his heart to understanding and help him not lean on his own understanding. In all his ways, may he acknowledge you, Lord, so you will make his path straight. And the references for that were Psalm 51, 6, Psalm 111, 10, Proverbs 2, 2, 
and Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Monica, you just were mentioning the Proverbs thing. I'm like, I got to get my my teenager doing that every day because we're big believers. Their teenage years, there's nothing greater than wisdom. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. (laughs) Seek wisdom, seek wisdom, seek wisdom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. On repeat. Yeah. Like I, I think all the, all the time now about the words, you know, foolishness and wisdom. And like, it's been on my heart a lot for them because there's a lot of foolishness going on around them. And I, some from them as well. So yeah, yeah, and we need wisdom as parents too. Oh, amen, so much. sister. Yeah, so much. I always, I always have since they were very little. I have always told my boys that there are really only two types of men, and I'm just thinking, you know, between the three of us, um, let's see, there's nine boys represented um, between the three of us in our home. So I always tell them, and I think this works for women as well. There's really just two types of men in the world. There's the wise man and the foolish man. That's it. The wise man, uh, let me let me back up. The foolish man says in his heart, there is no God, and he does whatever he wants to do. The wise man knows and follows the Lord all of his days. And I've been telling that to our boys since they were little tiny things, and I hope it sticks. I hope they remember all of their lives that there's really just only two kinds of men that you can be, wise or foolish. That's that it. Which one do you point. want to be? Yeah. Um, and I agree with them. We, we do um, something similar to what you just said, Monica, in our home. Um, my husband works shift work. And so um, whenever he's home during the day uh, and he's with us at breakfast, he will actually read a Psalm and a proverb while we're eating breakfast. Um, and so we've enjoyed just having dad's voice do that. And, and I usually will take over or have my son do it when, when he's not with us, but we've really enjoyed having that thing yes. for dad to do in our oh, home too. I love that. So, yeah. All right. So the next one is for service to the Lord. And I think this one is super important too, because we want our children to be servants, but we want them to think about their lives as an offering to the Lord, everything they do. Uh, for his glory. So this prayer is, uh, Father, may my child serve you with gladness and come before you with joyful songs. May she follow the way of integrity and serve with a good attitude as to you and not to people. Mm-hmm. Let her service be from the strength you provide so that, so that you may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Um, and that reference is Psalm 100 verse 2. Psalm 101, verse 6, Ephesians 6, verse 7, and 1 Peter 4, 11. Can I just pray that over my kids for just like having a good attitude, like doing stuff in our home? <laughs> totally. <laughs> that feels that. like a really good place to start. Like, remember, when you are unloading that dishwasher, it is service to the Lord. So it's true. It <laughs> I don't want to hear any complaining. I mean, that's it. a great conversation. That's something Monica keeps saying today is we got to talk to them, right? That's a great conversation because, you know, I, my chore when I was growing up was to do the dishwasher among other things, but that was the one thing that was always my chore. And I hated doing the dishwasher and I still hate doing the dishwasher. <laughs> it was the first <laughs> chore I gave to my oldest son when he was old enough to do it. Um, so we get, we get, we get those privileges well, when we're parents. Um, but yeah, yeah we I'll put it in there because my second son is um, now working during his gap year. He's working in a restaurant as a dishwasher, as well as, as a bus boy. And I love to see how his heart has matured. And he literally looks at his time at this restaurant 
as a time to serve the Lord. And he has people stop him and say, like, you know, you're awfully happy to be in that stack of dishes for eight hours alone. And uh, but I, I do think that that all started doing chores at home mm-hmm. and being taught that that is a way you can serve the Lord. So keep it up, mamas. Yes. <laughs> hey, I, I needed that encouragement today to be like, <laughs> Remember, this is not just because I say so. (laughs) All right. So our last prayer for the high school age is for godly direction, which we were just talking about this with education and what comes next because they start to have a lot of decisions to make. So this is a prayer for them for those next steps. Father, how happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Reveal the path of life to my child and lead him along right paths for your name's sake. Make your ways known to him, Lord. Teach him your paths. Search him, God, and know his heart. Test him and know his concerns. See if there is any offensive way in him and lead him in the everlasting way. And our references are Psalm 1, Psalm 1611, Psalm 23.3, Psalm 25.4, and Psalm 139, 23 through 24. Those Psalms just so come in things. Yeah. with so many great things to, to pray. And, you know, I think that's something that we can have a lot of anxiety over as well mm-hmm. in, their, in their next steps. And the best thing we can do when we are feeling like, oh my gosh, what are they going to choose? Or they're not making a choice or whatever it may be, um, is to pray for them. Mm-hmm. And remember that it's in God's hands, not ours. And we can give them advice and we can, you know, do all those sorts of things, but really it's all in God's hands and not ours. And the best thing we can do is leave it up to him. Yeah, absolutely. We have so loved this series guys. So we're now officially over halfway through it. And this has been some of the most fun to really reflect on and look forward to what God is doing in the hearts of our children and know how we can pinpoint uh, the word of God to pray it over specific areas of their hearts so that we can do what Monica is, is saying that we need to do, which is reach for their hearts over and over again, bring it back to the heart, always bring it back to the heart. And that is what God's word does. It divides the heart. It reaches the heart. So that's why we love to pray the word of God around here. And it's also why we are grateful that we've been able to bring you these everyday prayers. We encourage you to keep listening. There's a few more episodes for, for the, if if we haven't reached your stage yet with your child, we're going to get there. So hang in with us. But we also want to encourage you if you're just tuning in today for the first time, go back and listen to the others because there are some great prayers that really go beyond the ages and stages um, and apply to everything. So we're grateful to be able to provide these for you so that you can pray them over your children. We are so excited to get these prayers in your hands. We've broken down the ages and stages of a child's life from infancy to adulthood and created a resource you can use throughout the moments of your day to help you make prayer your first and best response to motherhood. Everyday Prayers for All Ages and Stages takes the four prayers we shared with you today and combines them with six more, plus 50 more prayers that span the life of your child all the way through to adulthood. It's a comprehensive library of prayers for the everyday moments of your life as a mom. With scripture-inspired prayers for purity, bath time, cleaning up, morning snuggles, administering discipline, when you disagree, 
school, managing your schedules, making wise choices, wisdom, service to the Lord, godly direction, specific times of the day, and so many more. We know Everyday Prayers for all ages and stages is going to be a resource you keep around for years to come. You can grab it now on Amazon or by following the link in our show notes. Hey, Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take, but I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the TMOS podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.